0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast for The Recently Deceased. I'm Nate Roberts.
1: I am Rodney Godek. What's up, brother?
0: Uh, it has been insane. I am remodeling my store and I am just so tired. But I am so glad to be here today as um, we get to do a couple cool things. Um, first, we're going to go over the Chainsaw Awards 2022. And Yeah. Then, yeah and then we're going to talk about some fire starters. Mhm. The fire starters. Yeah.
1: Uh yeah, it was a um I mean, uh remakes are obviously obvious a, a touchy subject. Uh how much they disrespect or desecrate or uh, completely pay homage and improve upon the original. Um this one we will see. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I definitely have good, strong feelings
1: about it, and I think they're right. completely different movies and have very big differences. Uh,
0: I yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with you there. And to not give anything away about what I might say about the movie, I'll agree with you <laughs> that I have <laughs> yeah. I have strong feelings. Yeah. Um. To uh, as we always say, uh, well, there's going to be some spoilers. Um, we are trying a new format tonight, though, where we're a little more. Uh, open, um, and we're not going to just like beat for beat the whole movie for you. So hopefully, um, you know, you guys will like this a little better.
1: Yeah, beat your meat beforehand.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, Chainsaw Awards, we'll hop right in.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, <laughs>
1: um, I'm unfamiliar. I don't know if they've uh, – did did Shudder host them on Sunday? Is that what it was?
0: Uh, I don't know how they were – but I thought that there was like them. a live cast or show of them. I
1: did not get to catch it, but I thought that there might have been a partnership with Shutter. I could be misspeaking there, but um, it was presented in some fashion. And so that's great to see. I obviously wasn't able to catch it, so shame on me for that. But I definitely voted in all of these because I was passionate about a lot of the movies we watched last year because we we're prepping to be doing this cast and everything. I went and saw most of the films that were mentioned here and felt really good about recommending and saying, I want to see acknowledgement for some of these films because let's face it, and we've talked about it before, uh, the elites of Hollywood and like, whether it's Oscars or Golden Globes, disrespect uh, the horror genre in general with their lack of representation. Um, And so something like Fangoria having its cult status that it does doing something like a chainsaw award with all of these films. It's great because these are really the best films that came out last year in one way or another, getting the recognition and awareness that they all deserve through nominations and through the winners. I hope that it brings more attention to the genre and you get more people that are willing to take risks to spend more money and throw more production towards the genre, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean more horror is good. That's all. That's it. Just make more. Yeah. You know we we have to like we have to get creative with these movies that we they pick each week because we're not getting <laughs> you know <laughs> we're not getting hit after hit after hit.
1: Yeah, and I was going through our list coming up. Like the summer is a bit of a lull. Uh, things will pick up as we get to end of summer and in the fall, obviously as yeah. that season approaches. Um, Really, the next big film that we're excited about is uh, The Black Phone. Black Phone. June, right? And then, yeah, shortly followed by Nope. Nope. Uh, Jordan Peele's Nope. So, you know, things are going to pick
0: up, but we're in a little bit of a lull. Men's coming out this oh, week, men. I think. I really am excited for men. And we're also finally going to get to see Hatching is on the list for next week. Um, so yeah we'll yeah, see yeah, yeah we'll it, see. i'm excited <laughs> for it
1: so you know it but it comes and goes so like, that's the thing like a lot of our recent reviews have been a bit of a bummer i'm looking at my letterbox and i'm just seeing shit reviews the things that i've been watching that I just haven't been a fan of and it's frustrating we want to talk about current film but you know you get a lot of things that just don't hit the notes that you want uh horror is a Polarizing genre, and as much of the films that I love, people might hate, and that they might love, I hate, which is obviously World's Fair. A lot of people love that movie, and I just it just, did not click for I me. Just, so. I, could,
0: I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't. I wanted to like it so bad, and I I tried really hard. But yeah,
1: this month in May, so far everything I've seen, my rewatch of Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, and Maybe one of tonight's movies are the only ones that have been for me rated uh higher than three out of five stars so right it's just been a it's been a grindy month yeah. so let's have fun and talk about some of these awards then okay all we're right going to, let's,
0: uh... let's we're gonna kick off with uh we're gonna kick off with uh i think it was best kill was first uh yeah best kill so so mm-hmm. i'm not gonna i i can show the the winner um but you have the other information so let's start with you. Um, yeah, well,
1: so the only thing with Best Kill, like, I don't think Best Kill had a, uh, uh, what's it
0: called? Um, oh, uh, it didn't have a... Okay. Yeah, I
1: think it was just... All right,
0: well, that's good. People Cause I, right cause cause I already, cause I already showed they it, it, and I went back because we were talking so long. So Best okay. Kill, <laughs> <laughs> the Bread Slicer from Fear Street Part 1, 1994. Um, if you or anyone listening remembers our um, our 2021 Best Of episode... Uh, We gave an honorable mention to Fear Street, uh, to to the Fear Street trilogy for its scope, um, not necessarily for the quality, although it was good, and to be as good as it was, and to be as big of a project as it was, made it even that much more special, um, especially in this genre. Um, Yeah, I I mean, off the top of my head, I can't... uh, think of a better kill uh for 2021 um uh, but i really like so f- my mind goes right to the uh fluorescent light bulb in <laughs> halloween kills yeah it p- just fills up with that i like that was cool um yeah yeah and if we, we're got to be talking about just 2021 movies right for the 2020 right awards, yeah with right? everything in here yeah
1: i mean you know uh, Chucky did some cool stuff in its series. It's not right, film, right. but it was in television. They had great things. Um, as far as, like, in-your-face, crazy graphic ones, I'm pretty sure they did some screwed-up shit in Titan. Uh, right, right, right. I'm just going through. I don't think there was a ton of other things. Psycho Gorman was obviously over-the-top fun stuff. In uh, malignant oh, yeah, kind of like ridiculous Barbara, yeah. things, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. But you know this kill was was very good and definitely stood out in my mind. Uh, yeah. All right, let me let's cut back. And... So
1: then next one's uh, achievements of nonfiction. This was uh, the Bullet right. Brothers' Dragula, Elvira's 40th anniversary, and the last driving with Joe Bob.
0: And the winner is oh my god, my screen went everywhere. And the winner <laughs> is uh oh, hold on, perfect. But I... uh, this is who I would have voted for, by the way. Yeah. Boom. Joe, the last uh, driving with Joe Bob. If you yeah. do not have a subscription to shutter, get one right away. Um, it is worth the $4 a month. Um, and on Friday nights, watch this show live um, when it's airing. And you can go back, I think three or four seasons now. And a couple of um, special episodes, like a Valentine's episode. And a Halloween episode, if I remember correctly. hmm Um, yeah, just great stuff. Darcy, the mail girl, Joe Bob, talking horror. Um, it just like the old, uh, you know, TNT up all night when you got to watch a yeah. horror movie on Saturday on that TV. Was great. It cuts away. That to,
1: dinner in a movie.
0: Dinner in a movie. Um,
1: yeah. Waking up early Saturday mornings to watch MST. Uh, yeah, Three thousand yeah. was always any of those iterations of film and with little brief dialogue uh, with characters or whomever, just the bullshit during the film is always fun because it's more or less like, you know, what you could envision doing with uh, friends or a family. Okay. Oh, yeah. Next award was for uh, costume design. Um, we're just going to go through the films, not the necessary uh, people that were a part of the costume design in the film. Sure. Because, sure. Sure. Yeah, just uh, So this was candy man last night in Soho bingo, hell prisoners of the ghost land slumber party massacre.
0: Uh, out of those, I'd probably have to go with the winner again, unfortunately, even though I thought this was a pretty big letdown, um, overhyped for 2021. Uh, yeah. I never, I
1: still never saw it. I mean, oh. it and and your recommendation or you're not recommending it and saying you had a miserable time kind of has influenced me to not even give it the time of day. I will mention, though, uh, I've actually seen Bingo Hell. Oh. And it's fucking awful.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: It's very um, bad. It's I watched, very stupid. Amazon original.
0: So I watched uh, Prisoners of Ghostland Um yeah. because I am totally into the Nicolas Cage renaissance that we're in right now. Um, but out of all of the great films he's made in the last couple of years, uh, Mandy, Color Out of Space, Mom and Dad, uh, even Willie's Wonderland, Prisoners of Ghostland is terrible, the the worst of the <laughs> lot, uh, completely unwatchable garbage.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, it goes to the Last Night in Soho. Okay. I thought Candyman had good costumes. Uh, next, Best Creature FX, The Green Knight, Black Friday, Antlers, VHS-94, Psycho Gorman.
0: Well, I, I don't know if it's the best, but it was certainly the coolest.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, <laughs> it's over-the-top creativity, uh, absurdity, doing all of that. I think it's fair. And plus, it had a ton of creatures, and so there's all kinds yeah. of weird, crazy yeah. shit to do.
0: And, I mean, it's very rare that you get to see a full-on Power Rangers-style brawl, yeah. it, you know, it's towards the end of any movie, let alone an, a horror movie.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
0: That fight scene was so funny. <laughs> it was great. so yeah
1: to combine that and to have workable prosthetics and everything like that uh you can't just you know these things have to be manipulative uh costumes that they can wear and it's over the top as well it's really well done so it, it definitely was a lot of hard work uh next is makeup fx uh hurt blood red sky halloween kills candisha and spiral from the book of saw
0: Ooh, I might have given this to Blood Red Sky over the winter, um, but I still love yeah. this. Uh, I still love the winter. So Halloween Kills takes it. Um, I mean, I guess like the kills in this were all practical, right? There was very little, if any, CG. Right. Maybe a little CG enhancing, like maybe with a, a, some car effects, because that 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 stunt work is really hard to do these days. mm Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I just mentioned it, that light bulb kill. Well, yeah,
1: but in between, <laughs> yeah, in between like the fire and the rain, you know, there's a lot of like uh, difficulties in conveying textures and stuff that they probably had to utilize some unique techniques or make sure that things were consistent throughout it. so, Sure. Uh, I mean, look, people, people do, I think, overall pan uh, or make fun of Halloween kills. And as much as I can see things that should be made fun of about it, I still enjoy it because it's, uh, I grew up with Halloween yeah. as the best of the slashers, you know, and then I enjoyed Friday right beneath that and uh nightmare at the bottom because I just wasn't into that idea. Yeah, right. So for me, the
0: yeah. And for me, it was Friday nightmare, Halloween being the worst. And I love the 2008 Halloween kills. I'm so excited for Halloween ends. This is uh this is a great reboot for me. Because, um, yeah. fir- I mean, the first Halloween, obviously, I love is classic. But it was, you know, two and on that, you know, put Michael Myers in third place for me right. versus, versus uh, Freddie and Jason.
1: Yeah. Uh, next one is for best score. Uh, this was an interesting category. Some good options here. Halloween kills come true. The nighthouse in the earth hurt. Mm, so, that's, that's
0: you know, tough for
1: better or worse this going to I feel like this is um just due to his name. This is Carpenter, you know, like
0: yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) He's obviously
1: the master. I get that. But but come on. Fucking Electric Youth and Pilot Priest doing the soundtrack for Come True.
0: Yeah. I fucking love that movie. I would have put it on Come True, I think, as well over um
1: the Night House would have been a close second though for me because it was also great utilization of of score in that to drive the the tone in. Plus they released a sweet ass vinyl of it with. Uh, I almost wore that shirt tonight uh, with the Dora um, uh, okay, maze okay. on it. It just looks like really great artwork with it, and it's kind of drawn inside a house schematic wise. So it's has all the iconography from the film. Right. And it was right. just very. Immersive. Between come true and night house, they were both immersive. To be honest, I don't know in the earth or hurt, so I'll have to look into those ones. Uh next award is for screenplay. Censor, detention, the night house, Saint Maud Violation. Uh
0: I mean I think I had I have to go Night House all day on this one. And mm-hmm. guess what? So did Fangoria.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh I will say Censor was amazing. Saint Maud was amazing uh violation i'm not interested in detention not sure detention looks like it was a foreign film right all right um and then let's see they're going to director so uh censor the night house come true Titane, um saint Maude, last night in soho were the nominees and this one went to
0: uh, last
1: night in soho last bro night soho. i mean yeah okay. it's getting love i'm going to have to watch it just so no, i can no no definitely disagree
0: Definitely watch it. Um, so, so my biggest issue with Last Night in Soho is that I love Edgar Wright, and yeah, that was my problem with Last Night in Soho was, you know, coming from you went
1: expecting an Edgar Wright movie or akin to his. Yeah, style?
0: yeah, he definitely, he definitely, it definitely didn't feel <clears throat> like it belonged in the Edgar Wright universe. He. But you know, I mean that's fine. you step out of your box like i I get it like i'm not I'm not negging uh the movie for that um, but like oh, like I described to you during that episode of our best of twenty twenty one it's like a really long music video that I mm-hmm. don't wanna watch <laughs> sure you know uh and and stylistically it's it's gorgeous best director, I understand. Um, the movie just wasn't that good. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, in my opinion, it was the writing. The acting is great. Like, visually, it's beautiful.
1: Well, and I think that that's what this might be. Obviously, I have never directed a feature-length film. Yeah. And so I am sure the stress um, in that position with all of the plates that you have in the air manage the large production that you're trying to put on a film the size of Last Night in Soha, I'd imagine that would be an incredibly daunting and intimidating and stressful very difficult task. Uh, and so I do think that that deserves recognition. However, to pull off a film with more narrowed scope that is much more uh, emotionally expressive restrained at times to drive home dread and things like that films like censor titane well not even titane because that's really its own thing titane's amazing but for different reasons but something close in like uh saint maud censor and come true those had such like limited characters and everything and they're pretty new filmmakers you know fucking throw a bone like edgar wright's
0: awesome like we get
1: that fucking some of these new movies
0: we know we know yeah everybody loves edgar wright Come true. Because or... as
1: much as these are just dumb, you know, <laughs> come... awards that no one really cares about, Hollywood doesn't care about. But yeah, come true. Uh, Anthony Scott Burns, this film's amazing. This is really his vision. You know, yeah. he helped write this music under the uh, moniker Pilot Priest. Like that's his project. Yeah. Uh, so, at any rate, <laughs> our next award was for Best Supporting Performance. There's a lot here. We'll go through. Um. Okay, so uh, St. Maude, Jacob's Wife, Tatane, Last Night in Soho, Wrong Turn, Quiet Place Part 2, Antlers, and Dementia Part 2, uh, all the who, different supporting who is, roles.
0: Who was uh, the nominee for Antlers?
1: For Antlers, uh, Jeremy T. Thomas, the child. The child. Yeah.
0: That's probably where my vote would have gone.
1: Yeah, and instead it went to uh, Millicent Simmons in A Quiet Place Part 2. Which did you she, see? Part two?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great. Yeah, she was, yeah, great. She was great. She was great. Great yeah. movie. Uh, I, I think the kid from uh, Antlers probably his for sure. His performance was a little
1: better. I, mean, I think it demanded more. Yeah,
0: it was definitely a bigger meteor uh, part. Um, All right. Uh,
1: best lead performance. Um, so the dude from Candyman, uh, chicken censor, uh, main chicken, St. Maude, Jacob's wife, Barbara Crampton, Rebecca Hall in Nighthouse, House, Thomas and Mackenzie in Soho, uh, Agathy Chick from Titane, the lead in Violation, the lead in Come True, or Anya Taylor-Joy in Soho. Like, obviously, these it, are all amazing yeah. performances. Uh,
0: yeah, but Rebecca Hall from the Night House wins this award, except – Angoria posted a picture of this guy and wrote his name here <laughs> 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 of course great performance i fucking lo- i've never seen this guy before in my life i loved the candyman remake i talk about it during the best of 2021 episode um yeah but but rebecca hall in the Nighthouse. I I, I don't think anyone compared to her that year. Yeah,
1: we are definitely going to be getting our hands on Resurrection and watching Rebecca Hall in another film this year, so it's going to be sweet. Oh yeah. Uh, Moving, moving on, just a couple left here. Yeah, look, there was a lot of great performances. Every single one of those movies is worth a watch, and the lead uh, actors in each of them drive the the film. If they're not on their game, the films don't work, and all of those films work because of their performances. Um, And they're all worth uh, watching. I think they – yeah, they all are. Barbara Crampton is kind of like a – you just have to. I don't think the film is particularly good. Best documentary is our next award. There's three. I didn't see any of these guys, so we're just going to skip over that one. Congrats to Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched. Sorry, I did not see your shit. Good job guys. You can you can give it a thumbs up or you're just gonna do that. Yeah, I was just gonna do that. All right. Here we go. Best series. This is where I'm gonna be frustrated with you, but that's all right, you got other things to do. Uh brand new cherry flavor, Chucky, creep show, I know what you did last summer. What the fuck is that up there for?
0: And Midnight <laughs> Mass. I'm assuming it got a nom just for existing. um yeah. Because, hey, you
1: tried to do this.
0: You, hey uh, you, good job. You, <laughs> you managed to entertain us with two of your eight episodes. Um Twenty twenty five percent, twenty percent, twenty five per cent. Yeah, just weird schlockiness. Um, some
1: entertaining kills but nonsensical plot,
0: Christ. So, so I didn't see all the series. Um I would definitely go with Chucky from the ones that I did see, although Chucky I, is
1: great, but from yeah. what
0: from what I've heard, the winner definitely That's deserved good. it. Uh, Midnight, Midnight Mass, Mass yeah.
1: Mike Flanagan hit it out of the fucking park and it is um for a limited series, it is a piece of art. It it does everything that you would want something in a horror type genre to do. And then some. Uh Best International move Detention, The Feast, Lamb, The Queen of Black Magic, and Tatane. And no no real complaints here. They they give it to Tatane. Um which you haven't seen yet, correct? Have not. Right, I did see uh it's weird over the top body horror French shit. So uh, So I probably I go probably in. love it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it's great. I mean, it's really fucking bizarre and that it is fun. Um I had Queen of Black Magic in my top 5. I would eh, you know, I can see Tatane as a better movie overall, but I would probably want to acknowledge queen of black magic more than the French. It's an Indian remake of a story. So like it's come on. That's really cool. South Eastern Asian horror is hot. The sadness. Right. Come on. <laughs> oh, the uh, next one. Yeah. The best streaming premiere movie. So this is something that goes straight to streaming, obviously a necessary uh, component of releasing nowadays. The boy behind the door fear street, 1666. That I think was the third one or second one. That's third one. third one. Uh, lucky, the power, violation.
0: So they give this one to Fear Street 3, which ultimately was the worst of the three. I assume it's very much like what happened with Lord of the Rings when they gave all the awards to Return of the King after the trilogy was over. Um, like, they, like, the, like, the, like The Academy just ignored them until Return came out, and they're like, here, you win all the awards this year. Here's every single award. Right. Um, so that's how I feel. They're probably giving it to the trilogy and not the third movie here. Um, But yeah, sure, out of that list, I would give it to Fear Street, absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
1: I will say, uh, out of the rest, The Boy Behind the Door is excellent. Very good. Um, Very good movie. Kids lead that one as well. Uh, And because they're so awesome, the movie works. Uh, Next award was for Best First Feature. Um, So I imagine this is just as far as the directors or who and how would probably,
0: probably the director i would say yeah. first director
1: <clears throat> writer director or whatever uh censor, my heart can't beat unless you tell it to saint Maud. the stylist the vigil and this goes to saint Maud. uh and i don't recall you didn't get a chance to catch this one either right I,
0: I didn't watch this one either but i i from now i did watch like a lot of clips of the, all of the movies you just mentioned that were nominated for this. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, and I and and I I did read about all of those movies as well. And I think the general consensus was that this is probably the right pick.
1: <clears throat> yeah, out of all of those films, St. uh, really great character study with tone and um, atmosphere that you kind of just watch, sort of like a, a horror version, uh, a la like a taxi driver type thing. Nice, just character study, descent into madness type thing it's awesome uh best limited release movie come true, hurt in the earth, psycho Gorman, werewolves within Ooh, cool to see the werewolves within nod,
0: yeah, and I probably would have gave it to come true, uh yeah again,cause we're talking because we're, we're talking about best movie uh of that list right, and, and although the winner psycho Gorman was funny, and campy, I mean, is it a good film? I mean, compared to Come True? I don't think so. Right. <laughs> uh,
1: and then the final award was for Best Wide Release Movie, Malignant. Malignant. In last I... Night in
0: Soho, *Nighthouse*, Quiet Place Part 2. And I... And I, yeah, bro. I accidentally wore this shirt today. Yeah. And it was also our best pick... 2020, best movie of 2021, with The Night House being a close second, I shall mention. Um, But, yeah, Malignant, come on. I mean, James Wan literally was like, hey, uh, I made a bunch of really great movies that you guys wanted me to make. Let me make a crazy movie that no producer would actually want me to make.
1: (laughs) Yeah, dude, and I still just don't get the people that – I mean, I get it, but I – I'm just surprised that there's so many people that didn't fucking get it. Yeah. Or didn't let themselves just get taken for the ride that yeah. they were clearly inviting you in to have.
0: Yeah. It's are so bizarre you're, to me. You're not going to go like, tumor monster? That's stupid. And not watch the movie. You moron. You got to go. It's a dumb movie. You're like, tumor monster? Fucking sweet. And then just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah.
1: We've got to cut the cancer out. Like, come on, uh, come on! So over the it top was and so good. Um,
0: so you good. You should have just let go. Yeah. And I was
1: rewatching it. I, I mentioned it during the thing. Like the first scene when she's in that house. Like the scale and proportions of the interior of the house versus the exterior is so laughably oh. um, <laughs> in contrast to one another. But and, and I never noticed it as much in other films. But like after she locks the uh, her husband out or the boyfriend right. wherever the fuck he is. She's like leaning against the door, kind of like recovering from the trauma of her getting her head slammed or whatever. And she's right. Against right. The door. And dude, the door is like you'd have to stretch your arms out like this to fucking reach it. It's like over <laughs> four foot wide, and it's not a normal fucking thirty-two inch door to your bedroom. It's insanely wide. I'm like, this is so funny. It just it visually it looks more interesting. and You don't notice it, but it's very exaggerated. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in, in an absurd way, it's very fun. All right, man. All right. That was that, a great diagram.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. That uh, thank you, Fangoria, for putting on the Chainsaw Awards. Um, that was uh, that was nice to walk through.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, I do it with uh, books. You know, I'll look at uh, because I'm into sci-fi. I'll, I'll look into Hugo and Nebula award-winning books, and I'll see who is nominated, who wins I use that as a guide to get into new uh books that I've never heard of, and I or I wouldn't have heard of otherwise. I think this list or these nominations and these awards should serve as that for a viewer like go pull up these uh awards if you haven't seen them these are good entries into last year's best horror for the most part um
0: oh yeah films that that you
1: should have seen they're all on these awards
0: pretty sure they're all on there yeah um yeah lamb was in there i think once so was blood red sky so i mean even the more obscure ones got mentioned Uh, worlds within as you said got mentioned yeah i think if you've already seen the award winners, if you watch all the noms, you're not going to watch a bad movie.
1: No, yeah, you won't be disappointed at all. Really cool. So
0: awesome. Okay. All right, man.
1: Fire starters.
0: Fire starters. Okay. To, um, so we're going to do this at the same time as part of the new uh, as part of the new format. So here we go. Uh, Fire starter 1984. Uh,
1: Fire starter 1984. Oh, you said at the same time, uh, right? Yeah, at the same oh, time. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. You just,
0: just
1: like, oh, right, talk yeah, about... Yeah, okay, we're right, we're right. going to discuss my bad. these
0: simultaneously. Oh, my bad. My bad. I right. thought
1: we were going to speak on top of one another. A okay.
0: couple who participated in a potent medical experiment, gained telepathic ability, and then have a child who is pyrokinetic. Directed by Mark Lester. Written by, well, Stephen King was the book. Stanley Mann was the screenplay. Uh, starring Drew Barrymore David Keith, not to be confused with Keith David. (laughs) (laughs) Freddie Jones and a nice little uh, cameo from Heather Locklear. And of course, Martin Sheen. Oh, and George C. Scott. I I had no, like, okay, so confession. (laughs) I had never seen the original Firestarter until today. Yeah, Um, me too, dude. yeah, yeah, Yeah,
1: I never saw it.
0: So when I saw George C. Scott come on the screen, I got really excited. <laughs>
1: oh, you mean uh old ass white guy, George C. Scott, playing the Native American the Native American, American Rainbird? Yeah. John that man. George C. Scott? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. It
1: was the eighties. All right, like I like
0: Yeah. It was a different time, so um you know, so forgive me for not being upset about the casting. <laughs> George Scott is so good. Um, and the white was,
1: guy that's wearing I mean, Navajo fucking poncho
0: like <laughs> clothes yeah, and yeah. yeah, well he's got the he's got the scar. He puts on an eye patch. Okay, that's anyway. from
1: Vietnam, I thought they said.
0: No, uh, no, that's part of his lie when he's talking to when he tells her the story. Anyway, uh, all right, Firestarter, 2022, a young yeah that girl, was the
1: 1984.
0: First a, young, a young girl tries to understand how she mysteriously gained the power to set things on fire with her mind. Okay, that is the most ridiculous, uh, is the dumbest that
1: is, thing I've ever who heard. Who the
0: fuck like, wrote that?
1: <laughs> you are a moron.
0: Uh, we IMD... are
1: all now dumber for having listened to that <laughs> synopsis.
0: IMDb, are you hiring copywriters? <laughs> Again, I don't understand if,
1: but if it. How does – you again, you can't – if you're making this new remake, you don't let this go out there. You don't let this be the fucking splash page on Firestarter. You throw them a couple shekels and you say, write something more interesting. Or guess what? Just copy the original.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're going to copy
1: all the other shit. Copy that part because this sounds dumb.
0: Yeah. Directed by Keith Thomas, uh, starring Zac Efron, uh, Ryan Kiera Armstrong, who I'm trying to figure out where I've seen her before. It was definitely in a horror movie. Oh right, she was the daughter in horror story in American Horror Story season ten, part one. Okay, all right, I got that figured With out. That one. Uh, yeah, we happy, little, yeah, we got a little. We got a little red right. Uh, Kurtwood Smith uh, showed up for a little bit. Red Foreman. Um, oh right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, I don't know if we need to talk about the cast of this movie anymore. Um, <laughs>
1: There were some amazing performances, my brother.
0: <laughs> okay. Listen. Uh,
1: Jared Leto called and he wants his shitty movies back.
0: <laughs> yeah, fucking back yeah. Efron,
1: Efron. Efron. channeling. There was a this there was a scene
0: where I think it was in the flashback of Zach Ephron when he was supposed to be younger at the experiment. Yeah. And he like yeah. it's like the angle and how he's like wearing his hair, I'm like, Is that fucking Jared Leto? <laughs>
1: if thirty seconds to Mars doesn't use that fucking footage in their next video, I'm gonna be upset. Yeah. I oh mean Christ, it my was god. So funny.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh. all right. Okay. <laughs> so Uh, Let's start off, we'll talk about some Stephen King here. So Stephen King books get made into movies all the time. Sometimes they're good, most of the time they're bad. Um, I would say that Firestarter 1984 was in the below average to bad range, and maybe because it was in that range deserved a remake. Um, But if you're going to remake a movie especially one that's not, you know, not even average, you should probably try to make it average or good instead of worse. Right. Like, why,
1: like, why would you All the take... things that they couldn't <laughs> do then, you have the ability to make better now.
0: Yeah, like, honestly, like, even with the CG fire effects and the practical effects they used in 2022, I liked the 1984... Uh, crappy fireballs and explosions better.
1: Oh, dude, I loved (laughs) the original Firestarter. I'm fucking telling you right now. Dude, Firestarter in 1984 is going to get fucking 8 out of 10 for me.
0: Oh, my God, really?
1: Yeah, it was fun. (laughs) It's not, okay, I acknowledge it's not good good. It's not like this is a great movie. But everything about it I enjoyed and had fun with. Okay. I can I, I I see it as like entertainingly bad in some parts, sure. Or entertainingly good in others, or over the top or absurd, and I enjoyed it and I was uh, into it the whole time.
0: All right. Um, I think
1: a lot of it is also the nostalgia of the period too. Okay. Seeing '80s culture. Yeah. And the cinematography that they would use and being on film it just has a different feel and I can appreciate it. And I just respond better to that than now, I, garbage I de- today.
0: I definitely dug the look and feel of 1984, yeah. but I mean, not Keith, David, David Keith, his performance at moment and some moments was so laughably bad. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like
0: true, like true. Mary was fine. She's a kid. Like she did. She was
1: she, awesome. She, she actually. Was, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Martin Sheen, that was a weird uh, cast. He he called it in. Yeah, he Uh, dialed
1: dialed it in. in.
0: Uh, George C. Scott knocked it out of the park, but this guy, who's like, uh, you know, besides the daughter, he's the main character. He was, oh the 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 head grab, man. I hope that was a director's decision. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh,
1: So yeah, okay. So here's the note. Here's the note. They're like, yeah. You're you're in the writers' room. Yeah, yeah. To do fucking Gremlins Gremlins 2 here, and they're yeah, talking, yeah, yeah. you know how are we gonna improve? Can we get Google? Uh, yeah, he, I, he does this. He does this weird thing. He grabs his head. It just doesn't work. It's not yeah, right. Okay. Uh And then this motherfucker comes in like, "Hey, I got a great idea." <laughs> how about right when he's about to do it, he goes.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you no, serious? Exactly. That's exactly. Your fucking – the the Jordan Peele Hollywood sequel doctor, as the we'll call him the Hollywood reboot doctor, came into the room and was like, instead of grabbing his head, he's going to crack his neck. Oh, and what yeah. if instead of getting a nosebleed, he bleeds from his eyes? Yeah,
1: because anything goes now.
0: Oh, and how about... It's h- the and, same but different. And how about even though it's a mind's power... We, they, the bad guys can put shields over their eyes to block it. Yeah. And how I about? And, 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 and how about? My special <laughs> lenses. And how about? Every time we see a bad guy with those lenses in, we show the reflection so the audience knows they're wearing them. How many mistakes can you make in a row? I'm like, this the end of that movie was such a fucking mess.
1: my favorite part of the remake uh, at the end I was laughing so loud because there's a guy in the control room just looking at monitors going oh
0: shit what
1: he's like like, oh my god like like, he has no purpose he's just in there they wanted to be able to show camera footage of her walking through the facility and shit happening on screen. And they want to be able to use the thermal imaging and to see her yeah. in the space. And they're like, how can we actually do this? though?" So there's gotta be a guy watching him. We'll just have that guy. He, he has no purpose <laughs> at all in there. He just reacts to things on his, his closed circuit television. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dude, this remake was so fucking bad. Like, Okay. You know the the Hollywood Trope and the Marvel movies were the biggest culprits of this, where in that first act, there will be a single line of dialogue that is kind of inspiring to the protagonist, and it yeah. will it will then be said during the final act as a <laughs> as the as the 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 literal climax of the hero's journey right right <laughs> so in the first act. She kills a cat on reaction, and it doesn't—it doesn't die. She like fireballs this cat, and and her dad comes over. Zach Efron comes over and goes, "It's suffering. You have to kill it. This is the price that we pay, you know, mm-hmm. for the, for these abilities." And so she kills the cat, and so we're we're in the climax. She's the first victim. She's stealing his key card to get into the facility to rescue her father. She flames him. After she takes his stuff, because he's gonna shoot her, but mm-hmm. sh- but he doesn't die, and she says it this time instead of him saying it to her, she says it out loud. She says, "You're suffering. <laughs> like I have to end it. This is the price we pay." And and then flames him, and it's just like, oh my god! Like like literally, the the script felt like a, a film student's senior project.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was very bad. Um,
0: How about the leader of the DSI's uh, dialogue? Uh, e- every line she said was like a ham, like, like boss lady line from another movie. Oh, they, yeah. the, they breached the perimeter. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, send in the drones. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> yeah, it was just dumb shit, nonstop. Oh, and... it w- Oh my god. There was one line too, I wish I could remember it but I was but I literally rolled my eyes into the back of my head. I was like, What is this dialogue? Uh, the the best uh line I thought that made me
1: laugh, uh, is during um Charlie's final rampage in this remake, she's going through just obliterating people which is you know, <laughs> that's what you're waiting for. I know see. what you're about to say. <laughs> yeah. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Liar.
0: <laughs> for real, right now? Oh, and they do the cutaway. I
1: joke that <laughs> and they show they... pants on the yeah. ground. Well, all they, all when all they, on yeah, well, when they yeah,
0: when they cut back, it's a fucking ash explosion of of like the darkest char. Like that was the strongest kill. Now, oh, okay, so the, and now, all right, I'm shitting on Firestarter a remake pretty hard, but like there was there were moments where I was like, oh sweet, but then they but then they didn't deliver went at the end when she busts into that one room and five dudes come out in those stupid silver suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 1984, a bunch of dudes in those silver suits came after her and yeah. she just fucking blows them all away, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. she's like she's like flamethrowing these dudes with her power in the remake and they're just keep they just keep coming. They keep mm-hmm. coming and and she sets up the sprinklers, insult to injury. Right. Her power is weak to water, apparently. Which is also fucking Not stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean the the her powers get confusing in the remake. They don't right. follow suit because it's sort of as if she's got the pyrokinetic ability, but she's also has a bit of the ESP type shit that the father has where she can control them to right. Do
0: she has the push as well. She has the push and they say that she has the telekinesis but she never really uses it, I don't think. Um but in the original, the mother didn't have telekinesis. She had telepathy, but in the remake, Rainbird had telepathy. Yeah. So they so they did yeah. switch it up, and so Rainbird had no powers in the original.
1: No, yeah, he was just a consultant. You yeah. know, yeah, uh, he wasn't a former test subject, which he is in the uh, in the new one in the remake. Right. Reboot, right. In the remake.
0: They didn't just always give this uh, these chemicals to college kids.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, the way that the movie <laughs> – There's just so much – Clearly, I think we – yeah. The remake I uh, was garbage to me. Yeah. It's laughably bad. It's laughably uh, bad. The whole film – and like whenever you go back and you rewatch or you think back to the first film, It's like they're afraid to show you any detail in this remake. Everything, practically everything, is in the fucking dark. Everything is a dark hallway or a dark close-up or shadowy this or shadowy that. And you go back and you watch the fucking first one, it's goddamn broad daylight throughout the whole fucking movie, dude. There's maybe a couple times where it's nighttime, not much. And then when it is nighttime at the end of the original, it's all lit up on fire. And guess what? It's all practical fire effects oh i mean yeah. there's obviously ridiculous meteor seat uh you know <laughs> shit camera tricks that they do with um plates and all that but uh these are people that are doing fire walks. they're got stuntmen oh, completely yeah. engulfed and they're walking for several seconds before they collapse and then cut to a different scene so they can get fucking fire extinguished and it is amazing
0: oh yeah absolutely and, and I mean, she destroys that compound. She kills almost everybody, and when everybody's inside the building and you think they're safe, she just blows up the building.
1: Yeah, so that's <laughs> what I – okay, so uh, the things – I guess let's just take a minute to, to acknowledge the, the practical, uh, practical versus the digital. So I feel like the film – it's about the, the, the power, right? Firestarter. Sure. It's the whole reason. It's what it's the main attraction is how's it, this power gonna happen? It, it, her and,
0: her having the power drives the plot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It whether okay, and some people I think are critical of it in the original saying, Oh, it was just a dumb plot device. It really doesn't mean anything. That's fair, but it's still fun and interesting as a plot device and what she does with it or how her character interacts with it is is interesting. So I'd like to talk about two things, like how the character comes into using it or growing with it, and how it's actually portrayed. Because I think it's done very well in the original, right. and in the remake, it doesn't make any sense with how yeah. they use it and where they show the effects. That's one of my biggest things that's frustrating. I think that Drew Barry, I didn't, I don't, I never really was into ET. But I will say I love Drew Barrymore in this as having children and seeing her emote as a daughter to this father and interact with everyone else. Like she's very good. She's pours her heart out in these scenes. Maybe it's a little hammy, but she is a child actor, but she's fucking emotional. And like, I'm like, yeah, she just saw her, the guy she just befriended betrayed her. Her father gets shot in the fucking neck, yeah. and like her world is collapsing, and her emotional breakdown, and that being the impetus for her to unleash yeah. hell's fury upon all the other characters, just without a care, and just go fucking crazy. It all that all prog- that her progression in, in the original all makes sense, and it's all right. well done. And I don't get why in the remake they're so fucking stupid about it.
0: Yeah, I I also hate the sacrifice uh of the 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 father in the remake. Um, right? Like the yeah. father the father being murdered is kind of what sets off the daughter in the first film. Yeah. Um whereas in the second film he pushes her and sacrifices himself so that she can take down the shop. Which I didn't mm-hmm. they even they didn't call it the shop in the remake, or was it just DSI it, It's called artists?
1: it's called the shop. They mention it in a couple of lines of dialogue, but it's not like a thing. It's just, it, they, they then they go to DSI.
0: Yeah, that's the, the, I the Department of Scientific Investigations or some shit.
1: I don't I, even where, fucking when, remember
0: when they showed that building with that like it looked like it was bad CG spray painted DSI logo on the top <laughs> of the building. I was like I was like, are they for fucking real? Like they're like a secret government organization they're not like a fbi <laughs> like
1: are like, like okay look like, our budget's fucked right now did anybody the read the shittiest <laughs> get the shittiest matt pater you can find have him fucking go in there digitally input this onto the goddamn stock that we already got and just yeah. make it look half decent Cause like, yeah.
0: <laughs> like okay i didn't read firestarter but uh neither but i did read enough of the wikipedia um to know all the differences between the book and the movies. <laughs> okay. And it's like, okay, well, the guys who made the first movie, they read the book and they took some artistic license. The guys who made the remake, they did not read the book. They watched the first movie and took a bunch of artistic
1: license. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, but, part of that's fair because it's modern day. But the the heart of the fucking movie is that this is a child right that is dealing with these superhuman powers and everything surround like about that and this in the remake they don't give a fuck about that like no. and her growth makes no sense it's haphazard does't make sense it it's not naturally progressive you know in the whole in the original the her Coming against her will to the shop, and then John Rain, uh, Rainbird. Rainbird. Um, I keep on saying Rainbow or some other fucking stupid <laughs> thing. Uh, Rainbird befriending her via pretending to be a, a maid, uh, or you know janitor more or less. Is, I, I, uh,
0: I thought that was a sweet uh sweet. It's a, yeah, it's a great little
1: but it allows her to grow and develop and get close, and then he kind of like convinces her persuades her like well just maybe do what they need you to do and then you'll get to see her dad like it all makes sense for the character arc and sure. in the remake they're like ah, yeah. she, they're going to get separated and she's going to figure it out in the woods yeah she's going to be and we're going to do a montage she's going to learn it in a montage guys what How? she
0: fuck? how's she going fi- to how's she going to find her they're connected
1: yeah Psych- they're kind con- oh, oh they like
0: she will yeah. co- she will come you can hold me in this prison cell all you like. Uh, she will come. I will break out. I will not kill her. Let her not kill me. And then we will walk off in the sunset together. Me as her new father figure, the guy who strangled her mother in the first, in the in the beginning. What? What? I might have been along for the ride if you if she killed Rainbird. What the fuck? Like yeah. so many things about her not killing Rainbird are stupid. He strangled her mother to death. Yeah, I know. Uh, he, uh, She was pushed to blow up that, that facility and kill everyone. So she fought the push to to not kill Rainbird.
1: Uh, uh, like... Yeah, It's confusing. <laughs> like, yeah, so many things happen. Uh, so then maybe, but they also allude to the fact that pushing someone can, uh, who knows what the fuck who it does wh- with their brain and stuff. So maybe she got pushed so far at the end that she doesn't remember
0: shit. Yeah. She
1: doesn't remember that this guy fucking killed her mother.
0: Which was so, so so the push makes it so the whole moral of the story is lost. In Firestarter 1984, she snaps and kills everyone. In yeah. Firestarter 2022, she gets made to do it by her psychic father, who is like worst father of the year award winner.
1: Yeah, I know. And so you're <laughs> like, supposed to feel proud of her. You're supposed to feel gratification. Like, yeah, she got them. She no, got them back. It, it's like, no, this is all just traumatic and bad. It, yeah. And now it, she's being absconded by this fucking stranger
0: yeah.
1: who I guess is like her. Cause he was also a victim of trauma in test subject.
0: But yeah. Okay. He saved her and they dropped the thing and he was willing to die. Okay. Is, is that enough? I in the in the heat of the moment, I don't think so, especially when she's under the influence of the push. Yeah. Your it, movie doesn't make sense. Scott Peems, screenplay right. by.
1: <laughs> it it doesn't. And so like yeah, so just the way that they write the character, Drew Barrymore, it all makes sense. Her breaking down after she thinks she's going to get to the idyllic life and, and the way that she does every scene, it it all works. It might be kind of over the top or kind of like silly child actor in some ways but i think for me it it actually does work for the most part this one just it doesn't uh and so then it's the the practical effects versus the digital effects for me are the other giant glaring thing and as absurd as the practical effects are at times in the original they were better it's a it's it's a product of its time yeah and it did what it could with what it had and it does it really really well and it is all over the place you see it a
0: ton there's so much of it there's so the, those fireballs they threw were sweet yeah. and when she does they, it a
1: couple times and i'm yeah. like oh yeah okay we were done seeing that and it's like no i'm gonna keep shooting fucking fireballs like yeah. i'm in goddamn diablo 2 yeah. fighting a goddamn level like holy yeah. shit
0: and then and then beyond the fireball she has the fire spray which like yeah. when the three people split up and the the one the one line splits into three lines and it eventually catches them
1: yeah chasing them down him and, and exploding the vehicle or whatever
0: Oh blowing up all the every vehicle explosion in 84 was amazing
1: It was it, well and so she gets out of the barn in 84 and I I I loved this scene and it was just it was so funny because of the way it was shot uh so I did a quick little search to see some reviews on 84 just to see how people were feeling about it because it doesn't have great reviews. On IMDb, it's at a six. Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 37% oh, wow. for critics critic score. So anyways, uh, Ebert gave it two stars. Okay. And mm-hmm. so I'm looking and I start to read his review and he starts listing like um, saying like everyone's just cookie cutter. All the characters are like, uh, you know, ESP dad and girl with this thing. And then he lists a couple, uh, Native American guy uh, with an eye patch or something. And then he's like, black scientist. And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, he wrote black scientist? Like, it, it's just a scientist in the fucking thing. I know who he's talking about. I wasn't paying attention. Maybe there aren't a lot of other black characters in it. Right. That could be. And that could be like a misrepresentation, you know, or what, uh, what, underutilization. What, what?
0: Was sticking a black scientist randomly into a movie a thing back in the eighties? I don't. I don't uh, know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh. Like
1: I would imagine it could have been. But what's oh. so funny about it?
0: What? Gremlins, right? Oh, sure, 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 <laughs> so sure. The black science teacher as the only <laughs> the only black. Oh, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention to that. I'm gonna see. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but what was so great? Uh, he so he mentioned that, and then I'm thinking back whenever I was watching uh eighty four, whenever she gets out of the barn. Dave's Necromancer and all the other horses. Uh, the Black Scientist is there. He's one of the few surviving members He gets right on now. the golf cart, yeah. He's on the golf cart. It is awesome. He's so skeptically looking behind his shoulder like, oh, oh, like, and he's
0: slowly
1: getting away in a electric golf cart. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, it's, he's the first one to fucking get
0: yeah, the meteor fireball. Know, yeah, you know he could ran just, fast. And
1: he's, <laughs> and he's just looking back, and it's like he's looking back the whole time. Fireball, fireball, chases them and blows them up. It was so great. <laughs>
0: so, so this this farm scene is one of the points of contention from the original, um, because this is this is the the climax of the the novel as well, and and they people complain about the the differences in that. Between um, the
1: novel and eighty four, in the eighty four movie. The
0: novel in eighty four, yeah, because this, so this is the this is the real scene, right? It's it even started in the barn like the the horse thing was real like that's how yeah she, that's that's where they were going to meet right um when the horses escaped the barn apparently some of them were on fire and uh, some of the other ones or even the on fire ones got shot by the oncoming uh you know villains who were trying to stop her right um and i guess that was you know something that people complained about back in the 80s when the movie first. Oh, that, like
1: that they didn't do so it? They didn't I mean, do it, l- like. I mean, Christ, I mean, look, that's hard to fucking do. There's so uh, much
0: fire in effects in this movie, and like, how are you gonna you know, lighting a stuntman on fire is hard enough. How are you gonna light a horse on fire?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and also not get fucking uh, thrown in jail. Yeah, like, yeah, I know, This exactly. isn't cannibal holocaust. You're not gonna be right. able to <laughs> fucking mutilate fucking turtles on screen and call it art. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh. horses. So, I mean, okay. I mean, yes, that would be true. Uh, I believe if this were a real scenario, that would have likely occurred, and they all wouldn't have gotten out safely. Yeah. But that's that's ridiculous. So anyway, so all the practical is fucking great in this, and it just yeah. goes over the top. That's the one thing that the 80s do. Once they start hitting a stride with all these effects, they're like, do fucking more. You know, it's like the guy, it's like Johnny It's McBride's character in Tropic Thunder, where he's fucking explosions everywhere, man, and it's just going over the top. That's what they do with pyrotechnics in uh, Firestarter 84. It is, once it's going, just do it to a goddamn 11,
0: you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, So
1: so when I'm watching 2022, I'm like, okay, I I understand that I'm probably going to see a lot of digital, but I hope I see some good practical. And it was hard to find any practical.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it notes for like, okay, the – the first guy to die, the one who gives up the key card, um with the with the bad like callback line. Um yeah, okay. It was C G Flame with a cutaway and then when it cuts back it's practical of the dude oh, and being skin burnt. For the most part, yeah. Like being yeah. burnt. He like turns to her and you get the half burnt yeah. half and that looked really cool. Um but the but the bubbling half dead cat was C G um all the fire was CG as far as i could tell yeah the close Maybe, up of her
1: scr- of her yeah. with doing the scream and all these lens flare-ish type fires that yeah. kind of emit from around her in this aura it's all
0: yeah it was shit yeah so uh, here's another difference um in the novel she was always trained by her parents to 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 control her power so she never struggled and she always just fired it off um so kind of like 2022 she just she's just using her powers like powers 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 84 when she uses her powers she sweats and she breathes heavy and they've got like the wind effect and it seems like it's actually strenuous um so you know so that was that was one of the the differences where 2022 is actually more like the book. But then you go back to the book, and she doesn't reveal that she has control of her power until she's in the shop, which is towards the end of the movie, well, second half of the movie. And it's also, according to the wiki, second half of the book. Like, you go a whole half of the book where she is keeping from everyone that she knows how to use her powers, except for, like, with her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you don't even get it revealed until she just – but also she's smarter in the book. So she's like um, – she's choosing when to reveal it to the people who have her captive at the shop and how right. much she's going to show them. And she's like trying to manipulate her escape the whole time. She even mm-hmm. figures out that uh, John Rainbird is um, a villain – before the climax. Um okay. just from being an investigative inquisitive child and she actually receives it says the note that she gets from her father um you know tells her not to trust John. And we're back And we're back Oh hold on. Oh, we are back. Alright, hold on. <laughs> there we go. I was saying, like, the last time
1: that happened, I just, like, I was in the middle of something, and I just kept fucking going. I was like, yeah, he'll be back of it. He'll be back of
0: it. That was weird.
1: Yeah, I know. You're just in the middle of it, and it just uh, glitched out.
0: It's fine. Okay. Uh, So what I was saying was something about the book, and it was cool to read about all those differences. You know, there's this great, you know, there's this movie called Firestarter 1984 that I've never seen before. They remade it in 2022. Um, and I'm a big King fan anyway, so I wanted to, like, I wanted to know, like, what the differences were, and it was really cool, it was really cool to see, um, you know, how, how I thought about, like, the original movie, and what I thought about the remake, and what I thought they could have each done better, and then to see that, like, oh, look, a lot of it was actually done better already in the book, (laughs) Mm -hmm. they just, you know, they just opted not to do it for whatever reason.
1: Yeah. I mean, from the other thing that I uh, picked up whenever I was looking at Ebert's review is that he mentioned, and I just never thought about it. I'm not huge Stephen King guy Um, in general. Like, I've never read any of his stuff. Uh, I think it just started to get so popular, and I was already on the outs from it, that nothing wanted to bring me in. And whenever I was reading, I was really just into um, science fiction and not horror, so just aside from R.L. Stein, obviously. Uh, So I just never got into him. Uh, And the films, for the most part, I think my parents really had an aversion to Stephen King. He's a creepy man, or something like that, I remember my mom mom saying. And so I don't think they really left any of his movies on television, because I know a lot of them played. At any rate, Ebert's Review mentioned how, within the span of a year, five different novels were committed to film uh around the time of this one. So Firestarter was came out the same year um I want to say The Dead Zone came out uh but right before Cujo, Christine and shit, one other uh really well-known one which they I'm all very... are. No. Nope. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and Paul Children of the Corn?
1: Yes, Children of the Corn. So like all five of those came out right within the span of the year. Dude, no wonder fucking, you know, Dude's rolling in it. Like, are you fucking oh. serious? To have five novels that have already been huge blockbusters, bestsellers, uh, to now get optioned for movies and films, Christ, dude. Yeah. Um,
0: well, dude. I'm, yeah, he's definitely had like to be getting m- laid. He's the most like prolific American writer, I think. Right? Like, I don't think anybody has more novels than him.
1: Yeah, uh, could be. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm fairly certain he is. If he's not, he's close. He's getting there. Sure. He's, try, he's trying to get that title.
1: <laughs> so uh, there's just so much there to pull from. Um, I just found that that was interesting. You know, Maybe – like it's a weird time. A lot of the films that I love from the 80s, they're not all – they don't all work now, and I gave this one such a high rating because I just – it's just – I don't think I would have had I seen it growing up. Right. You know, I think it would have already had an opinion then, and I don't think it could have been altered, even if I come back with different eyes. I think because I'm seeing it now, like, I just enjoy it for what it is much more. I love Drew Barrymore. Uh, she reminds me of my kids. Like, uh, and the over-the-topness of when the shit goes crazy was very entertaining. Also, the fucking farmer was hilarious.
0: Do you remember the farmer?
1: Yeah, yeah, in 84.
0: Yeah. Dude. Nate. <laughs> I was going to say, that farmer in 2022 was fucking weird. <laughs>
1: no, he was stupid. didn't make any sense. He ruined the farmer role. It,
0: yeah, it made, uh, it made no sense. Also, the, the conclusion of 84, of her going to live with the farmer and his wife, was so good. Like, it was so good and, and like, nice, right? Mm-hmm. But And they just shit all over it in the remake.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely, yeah, she's already pretty much fucking vegetable <laughs> <laughs> but dude, his lines on the on the uh porch had me rolling in eighty four Do you remember what he said?
0: I don't remember what he said. I remember laughing through that scene yeah,
1: it was great let me let me read
0: to you right, I just right.
1: no, no, I, he goes all right, Nate, there's an old Willis Jeep out behind the barn. None of those men came here without any warrants
0: at all <laughs> yeah tried to
1: try to take them off our land. One of them shot me. What do you want me to do? Sit here and turn him over to the secret police?
0: Yeah. (laughs) They'll
1: have to get their peckers up enough to come back. Be a good Nazi? Like, I'm like, what the fuck is this crazy old man
0: saying?
1: (laughs) It's like, just like line after line. Like, what? Like, and he just read it all. Just like that. There's no breaks. There's no (laughs) anything else. I feel like it was just his lines. And he just delivered it really poorly but that's what made it so fucking funny.
0: Oh yeah, no, 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 he the was secret- great. Yeah, that's that. We that, wanted to do,
1: turn him know, over to the secret, to the secret police. police.
0: <laughs> he, yeah, it it was good, and all because he could tell that um that she was was really his daughter, and he didn't like abscond with her in some way. Is that he's like he trusts him.
1: Yeah, you trust them, and then you got all these government officials coming up on his land, on
0: his, and yeah. they're
1: like, hey, we just need to talk to them. They're part of an investigation. He's like, well, not unless I woke up in Russia this morning. <laughs> yeah, this morning, yeah. <laughs> that,
0: that was a great line, too. <laughs> <laughs> just
1: like Crotch the old uh, – because, you know, fucking uh, rednecky, hillbilly-type uh, guys did not like the government at one point.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. That yeah.
1: Ha- That has since changed.
0: And they're all
1: <laughs> big fans of the government now. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, but no, Stephen King, he you know he writes his country of Upkins really well. He really does. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the all the characters, the bit characters, the side characters, in the secondary characters in um, in Firestarter were were really good. The, the eighty four again.
1: Yeah, and I think it's just in general they get uh, good actors are good talent and they have they probably had more uh like you said like the people that did the remake did not give a shit about uh 2022 right i didn't care about the original text i think in this one they're like hey you all probably should know this and here's your character and here's a bunch of background to have fun to flesh it out and they could actually be those characters and it and it works (laughs) um it's just so bizarre in in 2022 uh that they did not care at all and yeah. had, like, the thinnest amount of – even – did you notice the fire extinguishers around the house? Like, in 84, it's subtle. They're there. But in... the camera doesn't pause on them and linger like it does in 2022. Like, oh, so are you hard. fucking serious, guys?
0: So hard in 2022. Do you remember me complaining about when camera work does that in Fresh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, stop treating us like we're dumb guys. We are not yeah. dumb. We do not yeah. like to be talked down to by our movies.
1: But now we do need to. Uh it's uh, good film is under attack, uh, yeah. by bad filmmakers.
0: Yeah. And okay, so if we're gonna keep shitting on um the remake here, let's talk about yes, please. let's talk let's talk about one of my personal biggest disappointments. Uh this was a Blumhouse movie. Yeah, I know. And I was like, uh, what fuck, what dude?
1: I was like, why are you doing this to your brand?
0: Yeah, did did someone pay you to put your name on this so you could get more, I don't know, people to watch your movies? Because nobody needs to watch this movie. Zach Efron, did you owe someone money? Why no, were you in this movie? Um like you are a respected actor, even though you were in High School Musical. Nobody cares anymore. Nobody remembers. I think you're a good actor. We 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 all like you. Uh, so don't make movies like this. Um, what am I scrolling for? Oh right, the Blumhouse. It's just so,
1: but so it's, Blumhouse, it's uh, Blumhouse. But they go with the director. It's like a first time director. The dude hasn't done much. He only got into his filmography. Fucking starts in 2017. He's very new. I'm not shitting on people for being first-time feature-length directors,
0: but Christ, man! Like he did the vigil in uh, in 2019. It was his other feature, which I I didn't see. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how this is. You know, um, is it Jason Blumhouse? Is his name?
1: Uh, uh that sounds right.
0: I, I saw him on an episode of Joe Bob. <laughs> um, yeah. they talked a lot about Halloween Kills. Um, David Gordon Green was also on that episode. Um, so if you can find that episode, anybody watching, that's a great Joe Bob episode to watch. You get the David Gordon Green and the Blumhouse, and it's all they talk about is the Halloween, the new Halloween trilogy. So if you want some, any behind the scenes stories and little factoids and stuff that's a a great one to watch but um yeah it's being blumhouse was so it's also simul released in theaters so i i feel terrible for anyone who who pays money to see this thing oh uh, yeah i know i'd be like, so upset why is this in theaters like you're streaming on a peacock like i don't even mm-hmm. i don't even have peacock yet i don't know what it is i know i'm going to kill my netflix here pretty soon like most people i think just wait for Stranger yeah. Things. Yeah, I'm gonna watch Stranger Things Four and then dump it.
1: <laughs> That's you're holding out for Stranger Things Four.
0: Oh, dude. I love Stranger Things. I thought season three was amazing.
1: Yeah, it was entertaining. The yeah. fucking heartthrob guy was probably the most entertaining, but like
0: Oh no, so pull it out. The the Terminator two season? Dude Stranger Things season three was Terminator. Yeah. It was yeah, good. It was good. It was an action comedy. It was the it was the James Cameron taking over I don't for think for, for for Ridley Scott of the Stranger Things series.
1: I don't oh, Well, we we'll talk James Cameron in a second with Avatar fucking Way of Water. But mm. I don't think it's fucking keep your Netflix subscription good. I don't know. I, I mean, look, I, you got I you got really... money to throw around. I get yeah, that. Yeah. But I'm saying I don't yeah, to be honest, I don't know why I still have Netflix. Well, no, okay. So I just, I finished Ozark. Uh, I'm rewatching Arrested Development for kicks. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm always rewatching shit,
1: Arrested Development. <laughs> shit comes out. So, sidebar with uh, Cameron. Uh, why does everyone give a fuck about Avatar still?
0: I don't know who does. In fact, I think the media... The
1: trailer is... was viewed a fucking million times. Like, well, especially in China. I don't know what that says. Uh, but...
0: I, it's weird. I, I don't think Avatar 1 was good. I don't think I, anyone I know cares about Avatar 2. I think the media is being paid to tell you that you should like Avatar 2. They're probably paying yeah. for their their views, too. They're like, hey, YouTube, want to throw, like, 18 million views on there for us? Oh, sure, yeah. Here, we'll, well, write, you, well, we'll write you a check because who the nobody fucking cares about <laughs> Avatar 2.
1: It's so 2000 late, brother. Yeah. Like, no one fucking cares anymore. I knew a girl uh, – she was uh, in college. It, it was a former uh, student of a friend. Uh, and she was super into Avatar. I was like, why?
0: Dude, and she was
1: like, a- it was just so perfect and amazing. Like, it's a story that's been done a million times, but, like, it's just not even that creative. Like, it, it- looked kind of neat, but that was it.
0: It's even been done better a couple times. Like... Yeah, and, like, I don't want to shit on
1: the fact that you can't do that because, obviously, we like a lot of movies that have the same, like, a story that's been told before. It can still be good. Like, I love The Northman. It's sort of a a version of Hamlet, but I thought it was beautifully done. Uh, So it's fair to rehash a story. But, like, this one is one that had been done so fucking much, too.
0: Yeah, Uh, and and as Shaboy Tom just mentioned in the chat, I was about to say, Ferngully was just better. And I would yeah, rather, Fern I would rather, I would rather watch Fern Gully than Avatar any day of the week. Um, and not to not to like diss my dad or his taste in things, but how I know that Avatar is bad is that I think he saw it in the theater like ten times. <laughs> like he <laughs> he loved Avatar so much.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <And> Bill. <laughs> every
0: time he saw every time he saw it, he saw it in 3D. Every time he saw Oof. it, he, every time he saw it, he told the people at the front desk that he was hard of hearing, so he could get the 3D sound headphones, the wireless headphones.
1: Oh, that's kind of smart. He,
0: he like fully immersed every time he saw it, and I swear to God, it was ten times, maybe even a dozen times. That kind of sounds nice. Then, was, then, like when it came out on Blu-ray, he was like, Nate, uh, you got to hook me up with like a 3D projector so I can watch Avatar in 3D <laughs> yeah, yeah, in yeah. my living room. And I'm like, <laughs> and, I, and I did. Like he had, he had it all. Like I don't even know how many times he's seen that movie. Um, Did you
1: have you ever seen the uh, the, the Ryan Gosling uh, SNL skit about Avatar? No, no, you should you should watch it. It'd be worth I watching right I now, won't. but
0: we're not going to. We're not going to. Okay, so the reason I brought up James Cameron though was the um oh we were talking about Stranger Things, right? How how Ridley Scott made this awesome horror movie called Alien. Uh, you may have heard of it. Uh, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then James Cameron was like, "Oh, give me that franchise. I want to make an action comedy <laughs> in Aliens." And then sure. um and then uh I have no idea who directed the first Terminator, but it wasn't Jim Cameron. And uh and it was like a slasher. Like I would put the first Terminator in the horror slasher category. And, yeah, and it was an awesome horror movie. And then Jim Cameron was <laughs> like, "Oh my God, give me that franchise! I'm gonna make an action <laughs> comedy. I'm gonna turn this into action comedy." <laughs> and he like made Terminator 2, which okay, you know, Aliens. <clears throat> I love Aliens and I love Terminator 2. Uh, I do like Alien and Terminator better, but I love Aliens. And I love Terminator 2, but they are not even tonally close to the same as the original. Um, and and that's what that's what James Cameron does. Like he makes blockbusters. Um and there's nothing wrong with that, but um, that's what Stranger Things Season Three was to to me. It was the Jim mm-hmm. Cameron uh of Stranger sure. Things. He's like, yeah, he's that's like fair. oh Stranger Things Season One and Two were pretty good, pretty scary. Let's let's make it an action comedy though. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll probably jump the shark
0: in four. Uh oh, I just sure. don't
1: know what else you can do with the characters in the story.
0: Yeah. Four it's gonna be weird. Um and definitely hopefully definitely the end.
1: Yeah. Why? Why would you continue? I mean I know why, but yeah. really why. Uh so, yeah, crazy.
0: <clears throat> when it comes right down to it, Firestarter nineteen eighty four. I give it a six.
1: Yeah, I give it an eight. I had fun like I it worked for me. I enjoyed right. it. I would I would recommend it.
0: Firestarter twenty twenty two.
1: I gave that fucker, I think, a 3 out of 10, dude. I'm giving it a 2. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: man. Yeah, just sad to see.
0: I think it's my lowest score to, to date. Um,
1: really? I yeah. mean... Oof.
0: I mean, we've watched some bad movies, but, you know, I I tend to, like, favor bad, but not when they're just really bad. Like, bad movies that are self-aware and, like, play into it are good.
1: Right. Yeah. Bad,
0: bad movies that are just like this was, you know, a triple A title all the way across the board. It never even assumed that it was bad. A single moment of the film. You know what I mean?
1: And but that's what's so funny about it. I wonder how it did at the box office. I would have to look it up. But it, dude, like like you said at the beginning of our fucking stream, uh, if you're gonna do a remake, okay, so you picked something that critically was not incredibly well perceived. Sure. Uh, is very dated now, was limited with the capabilities of the media in the time. Now, we're going to do it now. We can do so much more with it. And this is what you produce. This is what you put out into the world. This half-baked goddamn mess
0: of... We can do more, but let's instead do less and see if anyone notices. Yeah, we're going to make
1: everything super dark. Uh, Characters don't make any sense. We're not going to... Make it interesting at all?
0: Well, I mean, we're all
1: going to do it in post with fire effects.
0: Yeah, simply the runtime. Eighty four was two hours long.
1: No, that's the. I was excited. I was like, oh, they're going to streamline it and it'll be very interesting. But no, they streamlined it and it didn't make any sense.
0: It made no sense. They, you know, they
1: abbreviated and rushed certain things where you and again in the whole main characters development didn't make no sense at all. Just now she can do the powers, and she's gonna do whatever, and then ultimately yeah. she doesn't make a decision. her father made a decision for her. for
0: her yeah, well, you know she practiced she knocked that right angle right. piece of metal off the car that's when she <laughs> that's when she developed she, and then she killed a cat that's yeah. so she she had her powers right then.
1: That is why it got the one and a half uh, out of five. The three out of ten for me is because of the cat death. I recall thinking I was like, it really should just be a two. But I was like, oh, I like, killed a cat oh, though, but and that the that cat me, that a half star. <laughs> so I'm gonna bump it oh, I yeah. see an animal. Oh, and plus the cat was suffering, and I was like, this is fucking great.
0: Yeah, yeah, you got to cat suffering and then cat death.
1: I Unfortunately, mean, all you got. For the death of the cat was off-screen sound effects of the, right. meow, which was unfortunate. I wanted to see some cat get fucking blown up or something. Yeah, also like, I, that, I, like I the black scientist on his golf cart <laughs> in '84. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it was awesome. It was, it so was like he flew out of that fucking yeah. golf cart. It dude. was
0: so dude. The the climax of '84 was so <laughs> it was two hours long. The climax was like fifteen minutes. Yeah, because she's just
1: she, walking into walk, a wind machine it, it, with it, firebinder.
0: It, it felt like the end of Carrie, and and that's another Stephen King novel. And okay, so maybe that's a Stephen King thing, is the slow burn. But well, yeah, I mean, if you if you've read it or seen Needful Things, I mean, it's what Stephen King does. Like he yeah, he yeah. writes for the ending. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so so yeah, she's just like walking slow and just murking all these people with, fi- dude, the fireballs, the fireballs, they were so cool, and uh,
1: exploding their bullets. Oh
0: before yeah, they yeah, impact her yeah, uh, just yeah, yeah, like- And that was uh, that was a power from the book, was yeah. the, that heat shield? Yep. Yeah. So um, cool. Yeah, just just great stuff. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> and because. She didn't get kidnapped with her father in the the remake, so they didn't test her. So they did, you know, they didn't have her captive already. Um, there was no time to develop her or any of her powers, um, you know. And the they, whole took, I mean, they the
1: shop in DSI was just a completely but, underdeveloped yeah. part of the story. It made no sense. It, it seemed like the most asinine fucking setup. The guards and everyone in there didn't know shit for shit
0: the the boss lady was so cookie cutter. I'm so yeah. glad you brought up Avatar because that's exactly what I said about the villain of Avatar, the the general. He was Oh the, yeah, uh, he was don't the, breathe. <laughs> yeah, he was the yeah, the, yeah, I love him as an actor, but in Avatar every single line of dialogue was taken from Starship Troopers. Lock and load. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go, grunts. There a, you know, like <laughs> it was all yeah. like Stock. Rico. Yeah, yeah. You are
1: relieved. <laughs> our command.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was all stock dialogue. It was so horrendous. But so so the the boss lady of DSI had the same problem. And then you get to the climax, the end of the movie, and they take her choice away by having her father push her. And it's like you literally did the one thing you weren't supposed to do. Like you you are you already made a shitty movie. Yeah, but you couldn't do that and you did it. I mean, you're you're not. Yeah,
1: it it made no sense. Like the the daughter, Charlie had no emotional stakes throughout the film. Like, you know, you could she's obviously ostracized and homeschooled or whatever. Now she's in school like but by the end of the film, her development, there's nowhere for her to go. Nothing that she could have done on her own would have made any sense.
0: She she bullies uh, those kids and steals their bike like, like – Well, again, know. because because she was
1: bullied from other kids in the beginning, it makes sense to have those kids back because they're in a different town. So now let's just get three rando kids, and she fucking takes their right. shit.
0: And and it, it wasn't cute or funny or likable. It was the opposite – it had the opposite effect.
1: They fucking said liar, liar, pants on <laughs> fire, dude. I and know. Like, or, or you're intentionally wanting me to laugh at you. There's no way you that in your, <laughs> and you don't expect me to laugh out loud. Yeah, at
0: you, at not you, with you, not with you, at yeah. you, because no one else is laughing. So there's 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 no one to laugh with on that one.
1: I w- it was uh, for me. It was like watching Take Back the Night, where the goddamn smoke monster is raping the girl, and the woman comes up and she says, "No means no, motherfucker." No means
0: no, motherfucker, except. <laughs> That except all made sense. Except I <laughs> laughed out loud with you on that one, <laughs> not at yeah. you, because I think I think you knew that line was funny when you wrote it. <laughs> I don't know if you how seriously you took that line. Yeah, uh, well,
1: when, when the woman <sighs> breaks through the literal glass ceiling right beforehand, I think that they kind of have to, yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> um, uh, I I would watch uh, Take Back the Night. Again, before watching Firestarter 2022 again,
1: for sure. Yeah, so, I would. I would agree with that. Like whoa, as whoa. Uh, as social justice warrior charged, take back the night was. Uh, I would still watch it. Uh, but know, look, I mean, this was fun. It was really great to uh, to revisit, and not to revisit though for us to first time watch a a quote unquote classic or an '80s movie with a a remake was really fun, unique experience. Like, there's not a lot of things that come out that I think I could do that for.
0: No, I totally agree. I think uh, I also like the format change. Uh, You know, if we're talking about the the episode we just recorded. Um, I think it it flowed really well. I think it was pretty good. I also uh, yeah, I I liked not having to watch not having to shoehorn a, a you know, a four out of ten uh into our viewing uh you know, schedule yeah. just to fill a slot. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> although sure. although we did give the remake a two. No one no one could have known that it was that bad.
1: <laughs> no, how could it be? Like, how could you take something that's supposed to be, you know, it had to cost money to get the rights to redo this, both because it had already been done and to get it from Stephen King now. Like, it, you know, there has to be some money behind. You can't just be like, yeah, we just want to fuck around. It's like, no, this is serious. This is yeah. an IP that you need to respect. And then they do this. It's shocking.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know whose idea it was, but it was a bad idea. All of you. Um, Blumhouse, hopefully they just threw some money at you to throw your name on there. I I really hope everyone involved um, got fired. <laughs>
1: well, um, we're going to be wrapping things up here. I wanted to take a oh, moment. Uh, And do a little memoriam and acknowledge. I don't know if you had heard over the weekend or at the end of last week, but uh, unfortunately the passing of acclaimed actor Fred Ward, who classically for me played the wonderful Earl Bassett in Tremors franchise.
0: Yeah, I love Fred Ward. He was also the villain in Naked Gun thirty three and a third. Oh shit! <laughs> which, which, when I was a kid, I mean, I still love Les- Leslie Nielsen and, and, any yeah. of, and any of those Zucker brothers. Movies. I feel like we brought up
1: Leslie Nielsen movies a little bit more often than we should. I feel like it's come up a few times.
0: It, uh, it has come up a few times. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, yeah, so, I do. I, yeah, I do love him. Uh,
1: he was great in tremors tremors for me tremors is one of the
0: um uh
1: what's the word i'm looking for uh as an impressionable youth it's one of the movies that solidified my love of the genre uh and having fun with the genre because it was cool monster and but it was just a blast it was had action but had horror elements
0: spooky parts yeah and
1: just Great comedic timing throughout the two between him and Kevin Bacon. Kevin
0: Bacon and the mouthy kid, which was also like the mouthy kid in the burbs. He was like the discount Corey Feldman for the time.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> if you didn't get Corey Feldman, you got this guy because they both have the same haircut. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, also, we, we lost uh, Trevor Stranod, uh, from The Black Dahlia Murder. Um he's 41 years old. That was like six days ago. Um, mm. that was another, uh, sad thing in heavy metal. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he was, uh, I'm sure he was a horror fan.
1: You <laughs> well, aren't most metal related people. Yeah. I would have kind thought. of hand in hand,
0: just hand in, hand hand. in
1: hand. glove
0: hand in glove. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, so tremors also for me, um, I was very young when I saw it. Right. Because yeah. I, did it have a PG 13 rating or did it get the R?
1: Uh, let's see, Tremors, nineteen ninety, P G
0: thirteen. P G thirteen. So I was probably twelve or I was definitely under thirteen when I saw it and um
1: Yeah, I wanna say this and, is probably uh, one that I got from Blockbuster or the, yeah, corner the corner video. Yeah, the
0: corner the corner place, definitely. My dad probably brought it home and you know, the the giant worm animatronics were great. The you know they were so good yeah the kills of the worms were great um Mm -hmm. the most of the kills of the humans were off screen or like cutaways or like you know that couple getting their car sucked into the earth yeah
1: you you just see the event after it's taken place and it's traumatic the guy that just dies of starvation on the tower on the
0: tower yeah yeah Um, like and it's like
1: oh my god what could be down there that caused this guy to kill himself by staying up there dehydrated and, and starved yeah. uh i think i'm gonna he, he lost in dehydration i'm sure is more than starvation but uh yeah and it's like you rent the movie and you rewatch it probably the next day before you have to return it because you get a couple days on the rental depending oh, yeah. on when you got it whether sure. it was being released or not we would do that all the time
0: yeah absolutely i i i've watched tremors countless times mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure i watched it like six months ago just in the middle of the day like, because
1: yeah, it's just it yeah, happened to be think on I, I there. think
0: it was on Netflix. I was like, oh my god, Tremors on Netflix. I got ninety minutes. <laughs> yep.
1: <Oops. laughs>
0: um,
1: In the first couple sequels, I would still, I was, I would watch repeatedly. Uh, Tremors two, and I think even the third one. The third one really started to go downhill, but it was still entertainingly bad. You know, it was like yeah. kind of like dumb late nineties, uh, like. Where computer graphics were just starting to be implemented for like the little tremors that were hopping around that, was, and shit. that
0: would well, that would that when they got feet, yeah I think that was three, right,
1: yeah, I think so, and yeah. like they can open up the and get the infrared there was more plucky comic relief in in yeah. those ones in
0: in the same line of tremors, I was also a big critters fan, uh, oh yeah, in the nineties, I thought Critters one was pretty scary, Critters two was really funny, three was obviously way over the top um and then i and then i'd watch them all as they came out because they were just campy ridiculous fun like critters 4 which i think was 80s of 80s State. monster movies yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. uh were they so it, it's like they were tailored for kids you know for me oh, i was yeah. always trying oh shit puppet Master is gonna be on like that's just weird cool shit like i want to see puppet master my my toys have weapons and are killing people this is oh, great yeah. Ghoulies was
0: another one. Ghoulies was another one. Puppet Master actually is, um, I think it's Full Moon is the production company. And, yeah, Full Moon Features. I actually just applied to be a distributor for them because they have some crazy stuff that you can only get if you distribute their products. um, Okay. Through Full Moon Direct. Um, like. Uh, I just went to the website to to bring up some stuff here. They've got Mm -hmm. uh, Gore in Venice, the most controversial giallo of all time, fully uncut and remastered.
1: Yeah, that Uh, sounds interesting.
0: Island of the Fishmen. Uh, It's a Sergio Martino film uh, for the first time in North America. And, I mean, this looks like late 70s, early 80s um probably yeah sort with that name it's probably italian exploitation and i mean it just looks fantastic the i don't know if you've got do you have the stream up
1: uh no not at the oh, moment okay
0: all right this uh <laughs> the animatronics looks look just fantastic the puppet master 12 blu-ray box set like some cool some really cool stuff um anyway we'll be able to add that stuff to our uh to our repertoire uh someday soon hopefully okay so i think with that um we uh we're going to wrap this week up uh so firestarter if you're thinking about it just watch the original is the moral of tonight <laughs> of this evening and um uh i think next week if you're um interested. We are definitely watching hatching. Uh, are we trying to get our hands on men, or do we know?
1: Well, it's hard to say. We'll see. I wonder what is going to be showing at um, the small, uh, Ooh, okay. because we might be doing a, a little uh, meet-and-greet, possibly, this weekend together.
0: Uh, oh, right, right, right. So, maybe we, can so we might be quick. able
1: to do something a little bit unique. Um So is is uh the small getting uh men? Yeah.
0: Ooh, I don't know. Okay, but real quick, um, Yeah. as a as a potential. Um okay. so, so with hatching. Hatching is uh Finnish. Um black glasses is Italian. And and we have it. So we could do a double feature foreign. Uh, Diana, a young woman who lost her sight, finds a guide and a Chinese boy named Chin. Together they will track down a dangerous killer through the darkness of Italy. Horror. Wait, history. is that
1: uh, Argento's
0: Yeah, movie? Argento's new oh, movie. Oh, yeah. fuck, yeah, 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 yeah. We should do that then. So, yeah, so we got that. Um, oh, okay, yeah, we're good. So I've got, so Black Glasses and Hatching um, is probably good. Um,
1: is it really called black glasses? It's probably it's a word in Italian though, isn't it? It's, it's not, yeah, I, I black. think it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, I
0: think it's actually dark glasses is the translation, but the yes. the English release name is black glasses, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> occhiali neri, or occhiali neri, 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 neri. Uh, uh, I know about as much Italian as the inglorious Bastards. <laughs>
0: um, men is only showing a new Hartford. It's not coming anywhere near Onanta.
1: Yeah, well, I will enjoy it.
0: <laughs> uh, I will be jealous. But I think we got our movies for next week. So with that, I will wrap episode 2022 of the podcast for The recently and Deceased. I was Nate Roberts.
1: Uh, I was Rodney Godek the whole time.
0: Take care. See you next week.